Hello and welcome to Project U. I'm your host, Leighton Collins. Uh, so this is a podcast that looks through that lens of careers thinking, but it's a bit more exciting than that. You will be thinking about the job sector that you're in and you might be able to frame your thoughts through that. But the most important part is the very much in the name, you. That's the most important thing that we self-reflect, we think about who we are, who we want to be, where our strengths and where our maybe weaknesses are as well. So we've had a little break for the summer, but we're back together. Um, so we're in the middle of our second series, which is all, which is very much about self-reflection. Um, so we're really thinking this time round about what it means, uh, family and community, what they are, what they mean, and how they fit within our career choices and our career thinking. So maybe get a cup of tea, get some biscuits. If you're in a rush, there's a two-minute version, but we're here for the slightly longer version. Let's get into family and community. Okay, so I'm going to be a bit of a careers nerd for the start of this episode, so you'll have to bear with me. Um, I've been looking at the CDI's framework. The CDI is the Career Development Institute and is the kind of professional body for careers practitioners, um, looking at their framework for careers education, and particularly diving into the um, parts around balancing life and work, because that's the theme of this whole little mini second series. So the wording that they've used on a very kind of basic level uh, would be being aware of the ways that you can be involved in your family and community, full stop, just like awareness, knowing what's out there. On that kind of more medium level, it says recognizing the role that you play in your family and community and considering how that might shape your career. So there's a little bit more engagement on that medium level and that slightly more kind of next step, the wording they've included is actively shaping your involvement in your family and community as part of your career planning. So that's kind of where I want to take it to that kind of advanced level um, where actually things are going to happen. You're going to make plans. You are going to set goals. You're going to really consider what's out there, but it's going to make a difference. It's not just a little thought experience for kind of 20 minutes. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, so the first part of the question is, what is family? You know, what does that mean to you? Is that quite a loaded word? Is it a positive or a negative word for you? But what is family? And I guess the second part of that question is, what does your family look like? And that will probably explain some of your responses to the word. So family could be a bunch of young adults, housemates sharing a property. Maybe the parent or parents are back home. Maybe you've got younger siblings. Maybe you've got older siblings. But you're kind of out there in this kind of little manufactured family. Your housemates at uni or after uni in that kind of young adult stage. Maybe family is you and your partner or you and your spouse, that kind of two-person team. And then at a kind of slight distance, maybe we've still got parents, carers, grandparents, siblings, and so on, kind of on the outskirts. Maybe you're at the point where you've got children of your own and they bring with them responsibilities. So maybe there's a partner, maybe there isn't. Maybe there is the family backing you, um, maybe there isn't. But there is this responsibility of your kid. Maybe that responsibility plays out in caring for an older relative and whether you're delivering that care or whether you're just responsible for thinking it through and uh, kind of talking to the professionals and the carers and the doctors and so on. But it's something that in some part falls um, 
on your lap to be responsible for. Maybe family doesn't actually mean a great deal to you. Maybe you live alone, maybe you grew up in care and you don't really identify any family. Maybe it's you against the world. Maybe you do have that family, but they live on the other side of the world. And so because they're not locally, it's a much more difficult thing to engage with. So who knows? Your answer will be your answer and it will be uh, relevant to you. But the questions that I want to ask you are, how do these other people around you define your career choices? And actually, if you are the other person, how are you maybe defining career choices of a sibling or of your child? Are you being led? Are you leading others? So there's questions to think about there. Um, I'm going to tell you a couple of quick questions. So when I've worked with young people in school, I met many, many, many parents. Um, and sometimes it would be a parent who is pushing their child to pursue a certain career path. There's that pressure to be a doctor, that pressure to be a lawyer, and nothing else will do. Sometimes I would meet the young person first and they would say, oh, my mum wants me to be a doctor or my dad wants me to be a lawyer. Uh, I don't really want to. Or if I would ask that question, well, how, what do you want? They would be like, yeah, not that. I want to work in the arts or something different. When I met parents, I would very carefully, because we are a team, there's the parent, there's the child. And we can see that if you don't have your own kids, see that as kind of the person and the influencers. Yeah. So it needn't be kind of you and your parent or you and your kid. But if you put yourself at the middle, who is it who's speaking into your life around you? And then there'd be me as that kind of careers advisor professional. Um, I would often talk to these parents and just listen. What is it that you're looking for for your child when you're saying you want them to be a doctor and how can we do that? And as you poke that question a little bit, they would come to the conclusions that they're looking for financial security. Maybe they've grown up with some poverty themselves. They don't want their kid to endure that. So they're looking for a well-paying job. Maybe they're looking for a well-established job. So that protection from redundancy. Again, you might be dealing with a parent who's on a zero-hour contract and feels that risk of being at the bottom end of the labour market. Maybe there is an element of standing and respect you talk to people, you talk to parents and grandparents who have a doctor for a kid or a grandkid, and they're incredibly proud, uh, particularly if that young person's have to overcome a lot of adversity to get there. They will be saying, oh, have I told you that my grandson is a doctor? Have I told you that my granddaughter just qualified as a doctor? Did I mention that? Um, they're really proud. So there is an element of that kind of respect in standing in, in community, which is what we're going to come on to next, isn't it? But then when I would say, okay, well, I've, I've heard everything you want for your child. What your child has told me, they're really interested in engineering. So if you just listen for a minute and I tell you about this job in kind of advanced manufacturing, and I tell you that it's well paid, it's very secure, it's not going to you know, vanish in the next five years. It's well respected amongst the industry and they're producing things that are influencing and defining society around us then you could see a parent warm to that. And, oh yeah, I'd never, never heard of this, never thought of it. And it's not doctor, but it's ticking all the boxes. So maybe I need to give it some thought. I will tell you a couple of quick stories. Um, so I did once meet uh, with a student, a girl who I knew very well already from having taught her. Um, and she was brilliant with younger kids. She was brilliant with the younger kids in the school. I knew that she had younger siblings and younger cousins. She would babysit and she loved that. 
and she was really good with them. So in many ways, she was already saying, I want to work in kind of uh, childcare, early years education. As long as it's working with younger kids, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be good. That was very much in her um, in her mind. Then her grandparent came into this careers meeting and he quite quickly took over and basically said, right, here's what you need to do. You need to train to be a butcher. I was a bit like, this is so random. Um, what do you do with that? A butcher. Yeah, because um, we're always going to need food. OK, well, fair enough. I get that. And we're always going to eat meat. Well, granddad, have you seen the growing vegan and vegetarian sector? Maybe you want to, you know, rethink that one. And you could see the body language in this kid just like drop. Like, oh my, I don't want to be a butcher. I do not want to do this. I am not going to be able to work with children. And my passion is now fizzled out in front of my very eyes. So I was able to kind of work through that um, and support that that child and feel and make the grandparent feel like they'd been listened to. Um, but the outcome of the story is she went and studied kind of childcare early years education and that's what she went on to do. And she's been very successful. Um, and I'm sure the butcher kind of guide has, has long since kind of fallen away. Another story that I'd tell you would be um, I met a, a lovely bloke, a dad who was a working class bloke, a tradie. I come from a working class background. And he he came to see me at a parents' evening and he's like, I'm going to be really honest. I messed around at school. I didn't pay much attention. I've no idea how university works. I've no idea what college is. I walked out of school as soon as I could and started working. My daughter is incredibly clever and I don't know where she's kind of got that from, but we're really proud of her. We want to support her and we don't know how. So... Here we are asking for the advice, asking for the input from you as a bit of an expert. And so we were able to look at different study options at A-level. The daughter had done some of her research and kind of had an idea of what she wanted. The parents were like, we're going to back you and encourage you, but we don't know what to do or how to do that. We looked at university options. We looked at different routes into kind of getting to the end point. And we looked at uh, the private schools and the scholarships that this girl was quite interested in and how we might get a hold of that that was actually what happened in the end so she secured a scholarship off she went to a private school to be at sixth form and then off she went to a, a good course at a good university that she was really excited about but a real kind of generational shift and I was able to draw on my story of talking to that dad of yeah I was the first kid who went any further than GCSEs I did in my A-levels I went to university it was a bit unfamiliar um, and so anything we can do to help you as a family, not just her as a as the young person, but you as a family and your story will help, will signpost you and point you in the right direction. So another success story uh, where both the young person and the family left feeling equipped, left feeling listened to and left more positive. Ultimately, family is a massive influence. If you're listening to this and you're my age, and you've already made a number of career decisions, your family have been part of that and there's stuff to reflect on. You may be coming to a point in your life where you become the family and you might be speaking into uh, a niece or a nephew or a son or a daughter or maybe still that younger sibling who is a bit younger than you as well. I want you to just have a little think though. Do you see any of that young person, whether it was the butcher story or whatever, in yourself 
if you are now, I don't know, in your 30s or 40s and you're established in your career, are you happy? Are you doing what you always dreamt of doing when you were 14, now that you're 40? Or have you maybe ended up um, somewhere that you are because you've tried to please someone else at some stage? You've tried to make other people happy. Are you a very successful doctor because it's what mum and dad wanted you to do? Or was it your dream? So there are things to think about there. Maybe along the way, if you're a little bit older, you've been motivated by the salary and for, again, going back to whatever family looks like for you, but the money that will support your family, you've risen up the ranks to support your family. Now, that may just be you. It may be kids as well. It may be whatever. Um, could you cope with taking a pay cut because you needed to step back a little bit? Could you cope with taking a step down to retrain, to hopefully move back up in a different direction, going sideways? And there's that risk there. You know, can you cope? Can your family cope? Are you now feeling a little bit trapped maybe by the decisions you've made have you got the money that gives you the freedom to do that if you are the adult and you are raising kids of your own uh, i want you to think about that actually how can you be a bit like our working class tradie dad in that story of i am interested i am invested but i'm not skilled and by that, I mean, I don't know about kind of careers and higher education and stuff. I was a lovely, lovely bloke. But I'm I'm here and I'm cheering you on. But I'm also not going to step over that line of becoming overly controlling. And I didn't go to uni, so you have to go to uni. You know, if that's part of what that child wants, then great, back them. What are the other options? Have you heard of T-levels? Have you heard of degree apprenticeships? If you haven't, your kid might have as they're going through school. So maybe it's stuff that you need to go away and find out about. How can you help your child? And as I say your child, this may be your little brother. It may be your younger cousin. So you, if you're in your 20s or 30s and you don't yet have a kid um, or you're not planning to, there is still an opportunity to use this kind of way of thinking. So let's have a little think of that. How are you helping that child to consider their options? How can they consider what they don't know? And how can you inform them about what you don't know? Those unknown factors, those, the loads of the research shows that our young people are going to step into jobs that don't currently exist. And if that seems really science fiction and weird, then rewind the generation and go back 30 years. Did your job exist? Did all of your friends' jobs exist? Did uh, a social media manager exist? No. You know, how has technology rapidly advanced and created thousands and thousands of good jobs that maybe now you and your friends and colleagues and family members sit in and do? So what will they be doing in 10, 20, 30 years time? That's what we're thinking when we're thinking about that next generation. What can you do to find out? What can you find out about changes in career sectors so that things are moving on? Are there bits of policy and legislation that will help you fall asleep at night, but will show you the direction of travel in particular sectors? Maybe your nephew has said, oh, I'm interested in cybersecurity. You don't know anything about it, but they've got a really good relationship with you as aunt or uncle. Go find some stuff out. How is the use of technology in a given sector changing it? Is it a sector that's growing or is it in decline? Have you got that? niece who wants to be a, a VHS video repair person, hey, maybe rethink because that looks like it might be a dead industry. How can you just be that positive guide 
that walks alongside that child, whether it's your child or not, without becoming an overly controlling influence, but being a really strong, encouraging advocate. So there we go. That's what I'm thinking about family. As I've been speaking, you'll obviously be thinking about your own situation. But actually, are you that kind of fun, fake auntie or fun, fake uncle? So the family friends who have their kids and you are that trusted adult where they might not have the conversation with their own mum or dad, but they do talk to you. And so, again, there, there is a whole whole gang of young people that you have influence over, whether they're yours or whether they're not. Okay, so that's family. Let's have a little think and move on to community. So community, Margaret Thatcher is quoted as saying there is no such thing as society. I know that's a different word, but I think the two are fairly interchangeable. Um, The quote, which I'll read in full, actually, that she said was, I think we've gone through a period when too many children and people have been given to understand I have a problem. It is the government's job to cope with it. Or I have a problem. I will go and get a grant to cope with it. I am homeless. The government must house me. And so they are casting their problems on society. And who is society? There is no such thing, she said. There are individual men and women and there are families and no government can do anything except through people and people look to themselves first. So to paraphrase her, um, that kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, don't expect things from other people. Yes, there may be some structural support, uh, but that structural support is outworked by people. Yeesh, that doesn't feel particularly generous, does it? Um, and obviously a very dated quote now from back when, in Thatcher's time through the 80s. We could counter that quite quickly and easily with the well-known saying that's based on an African proverb. proverb. Um, it takes a village to raise a child. That sense that no, no good thing can be done alone. You will have that whole kind of team formally and informally around you to produce that positive, good, strong outcome. You think about your child, if you have one, or you think about you as a child, you had your parents, you had your family friends, you had your friends, you had the people in the community, you had your teachers, you had all the people who worked in school, and I could go on and on, couldn't I? There, There are so many people who have spoken into your life to get you to the point that you're currently at. So I'm gonna disagree with Maggie here, no surprise. I do think that we connect with each other. I do think that there is such a thing as society. I do think that there is such a thing as community. I do think that if part of us suffers or struggles, we all suffer or struggle. So as you watch the news and there are things that are impacting negatively on society and the state of the nation, you might be fairly insulated from what's going on. You might not have felt the pinch of the... um, cost of living crisis, you might not be going around turning all the lights off and skipping a meal so that your kid can eat. But that's happening in our society. And that's having an impact on the people who you walk past, do business with, try and sell things to, offer your service to if you're a a educator or a nurse or something like that. We're all in it together. So let's think about community. So whether you use the things that community offers or not, But think about this, where you live, if your local school is an outstanding or a good one, you will benefit even if you don't have kids. If your local park is well kept and well used, you will benefit even if you don't walk through it. If there are a variety of 
good quality local shops, local cafes, local bars, that kind of thing, services, hairdressers and so on, you benefit even if you don't go for a haircut, even if you don't drink, even if you don't like going to the cafe. The reason you benefit is, yes, you might directly benefit. So you might use these services. You might have kids in the school. You might walk the dog through the park. You might go to those shops and not have to travel to the big shopping mall that's a long way away. You might grab a coffee and be known by name from the person who works in the cafe. But even if you don't use the services, you're surrounded by a vibrant community which produces jobs, which has a busyness of life to it. Your house prices are probably going to go up. So if you've bought your own property and your your local school goes from rock bottom to outstanding, you can believe that the price that your house is worth will go up. If it's a vibrant community of shops and services and things like that, there will be extra buses that are put on the transport links to boost the demands of the neighborhood that you live in. And then when you need to catch a bus or a tram to do your stuff, hey, it's there. If you think about it all in the opposite way and you live in a declining neighborhood and the shops are slowly um, putting up the shutters and closing down, it doesn't feel safe. There aren't things that you can buy. There's no reason to go, so the bus company isn't getting people buying tickets on the bus, so they reduce the service to once an hour or maybe even less, so you lose that. If the school isn't great, those things can spiral out of control. They struggle to fill. The families send their kids to a different school and then you don't necessarily have that service or it's quite a difficult uh, neighbourhood with some of the challenges that come from that. If you live in a prosperous community, and I don't just mean financially prosperous, I don't just mean all kind of middle and upper class and well-off and rich. I mean a vibrant community. If you live there, you will benefit. What on earth has that got to do with careers and your career in particular? Well, I want you to take a step back from our vibrant community and think about you. Does your job work you so hard that um, no matter where you live, it doesn't matter where you live because you can't make use of where you live. You come home exhausted and it's a place to just rest before you go again. You don't have the time and energy to engage with your community. Maybe you do have the time and space and energy to throw into your community. So if you have that luxury, or maybe even your employer might release you to do that, might even release you with pay to go and be, I don't know, a a governor at a local school or college, or to support the local charity work that happens in your community, or to drive something perhaps through a faith group, through a church or a mosque. Um, Maybe you go into a local primary and you do catch up reading with kids who need that. Your employer may well be open to you doing that in your own time and releasing you unpaid, but they might actually back you with like, yeah, that's fine. You can take however many hours per month or whatever to go and do this work because it's us doing our kind of bit back for society. What skills and connections from your career do you have that could add value to your community? So off you go to work and you're brilliant at your thing and you do your thing, good for you. You work in like, I don't know, procurement or kind of uh, event management or something like that. The local primary school, maybe your kids are there, maybe they're not, uh, are running a fundraising fair and you've got the skills. You're the kind of person who can make things happen. You can call in some favors. You know some people where you can blag those freebies for the raffle so we sell more tickets because wow, that's a good prize. So you're using your skills and connection from your work and your career for the benefit of your community.
um, how motivated are you to be a kind of force for change locally? Is there an opportunity? Is there a need? And is it right outside on your doorstep that you could jump into? You know, is there that need or the opportunity to maybe set up a charity? Or maybe you just volunteer somewhere if you don't have the same amount of time or the, the kind of skill set to do that. What about your business? Like, do you run your own business? Could you position that within your community or does it have to happen in the big city somewhere further away? What happened during lockdown and how did that play out where you live? Did the local coffee shops when they were open benefit more than the big chain of the Starbucks and the Costa in the city where you go uh, on your commute? Maybe your business isn't your business, your employer, let's call them that, have put you in a new city or maybe even a new country. And that gives you a fresh canvas for you and your family to get stuck into. Um, think about that. If you move within your city from one neighborhood to another, suddenly there's that opportunity that is much closer to your passion and your skill set that you can throw your energy into. Life is more than just working, which is a strange thing to say on a career podcast, isn't it? It's more than just working all day long and then coming home exhausted, slump in front of the TV, maybe paying attention to that show that you want to watch. Maybe it's just washing over you until you go to bed and stare at your phone for a bit and get some sleep before you do the whole thing all over again. Life is more than that. Life is out there. There is life and energy and joy and excitement right outside your door. What can you do to dive into that, into your community? Okay, let's have a little think about some top tips. So top tip number one would probably be aware, be aware of family as career choices are made. Be aware if you're younger, the influence is on you. Be aware if you're a bit older, the influence you might be having on others. Reflect on yourself and the journey you've come through so far. What influence have people had on you? I know you're happy with that. Do you need to slightly adjust and reposition yourself? Top tip number two, really think about who family is, what family is and what community is. You might surprise yourself. I'm not going to kind of unpack that any further, but think about those two things, family and community. Really kind of, it's more than just your, your mum, your dad, your kids, your whatever. Top tip number three, get stuck in, give something a go. Um, if there's a community event, can you get involved? Can you at least attend? Maybe next time you'll volunteer. Maybe next time after that, you'll take responsibility and lead something. Get stuck in. It brings life. You'll make new friends. That kind of community hobby group, then maybe your next best friend is already there waiting to meet you. Um, get stuck in. It will improve the quality of life for you. It will improve the quality of life of the bubble that your family exists in. And it will improve the quality of life of other people who will benefit from meeting you because you're great. So there you go. There are top tips. Um, be aware of the influencers. Think about family and community and get stuck in. Give it a go. Thank you, as always, for listening. I do appreciate um, your time. I appreciate the feedback I've received. Um, I hope you had a nice summer break and mulled over some of those suggestions we had. And we're back properly. Uh, next week, we're going to move from family into a more kind of personal reflections looking at kind of life stages and how that influences and impacts your career and what you're going to do from birth to we'll we'll say to unpaid work during your retirement 
because um, careers isn't going to be impacted by your death. But whilst your life uh, is there and you've got time and energy, what can you do with it? So as always, thank you. Um, do appreciate you. Do appreciate it when you've been dropping little likes, comments and all that kind of thing. Let's keep pushing the robots with the algorithm. But also let's keep talking to your friends and saying, hey, there's this episode. You ought to give that a listen when you're on the bus. Until next time, thank you very much and I'll see you later.